Namaste. Welcome to Buddha's teaching. My name is Soti Tim. First of all, I'd like to pay respect to the teacher, which is the Buddha. I'd like to pay respect to his teaching, which is the Dharma. And I'd like to pay respect to the community, which is the Sangha. And all three, we call them the Triple Gems. So I'd like to pay respect to the Triple Gems. Hello everyone. How have you been? How is your life going? How is your Dharma practicing going? Is everything okay? Is it kind of tough? How is it? Haven't heard from um, from um, you know you for a while, and I know I've been busy. So yeah. Oh, uh, before I start, just want to mention that um, I have just started a video series on YouTube. Yes, I've just started. Okay, um, um, about Dharma, about Buddha's teaching. Okay, it's it just started. You know, I have so far had um, three episodes. All right, so far. Okay, and I'm gonna the 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 way that I will structure the video is gonna be some somewhere somewhat similar to the way that I have done the uh, this podcast right well from the beginning we start with the four noble truths and all that right or going through the mind and mind faculties and you know and the rest of so i'm following the the similar path it's just that this time is in video on youtube okay so if you want to check it out um it the channel is under my name soti tim Okay, if you search for Soti Tim on YouTube, you so should see right now three um, video clips. Okay, so <clears throat> today let's continue about in observing in in investigating about uh, mind, which is the teaching of the Buddha okay so the question for you is how peaceful or how cool you is your mind or is it hot is it agitated how is it going okay because after all that is our practice right our practice is to observe our own mind to be aware of our own mind to know the to to become known and to know uh, the state of our very own mind, right? To always aware of the state of our mind, whether our mind is cool, is nice, calm, peaceful, or our mind is hot, agitated, angry, frustrated, sad, worried, and all of that. Right? So that is the teaching of the Buddha and that is the practice that we are learning. 
So, how are you doing with with that? With all of that, you many of you have uh, followed me so far up until now, right now, which is um, already episode one hundred and six. So many of you should have a good um, understanding of many things that I'm talking about when I when I refer to your mind and the different and the mind faculties and the the five senses and sense number six and all that, right? So because you know we always have to touch on those um, here and there during our talk. And if you are new, please go to the beginning to uh, you know get to understand the to to get the foundation. Uh, you know the slab built first before you start building your own house. You have to lay down the slab, the the foundation of the house. Okay, so that will be like from lesson one to lesson thirty or uh, somewhere around there. So, the mind. We have a mind, alright. But if if we ask, if I ask you the question, can you show me your mind? Where is the mind? Right. Nobody can show it. Nobody can tell where the mind is, or can show what the mind looks like. But we all have a mind, right? So the mind is not an object. Uh, it's not a you know a an entity or anything that we can grasp onto it. Another word, the mind is a form of energy, right? That is always changing, that is always flowing, right? From one moment to the next, based on what we experience, correct? I know some of you have heard about of this before so that's what our mind is right our mind is the is an energy it's an energy flow okay and it comes to be uh, whatever color of our mind is at any particular moment depending on the experiences that we experience through our five senses right so our mind is cool, our mind is hot, our mind is happy, our mind is not, depending on what we experience, right? So that would be the mind of ordinary people, okay? But as we know, the mind of an enlightened person, of enlightened people, they don't go along with just with those experience and that's how they it's because they are aware of the experiences that they encounter they are aware of the experiences that they uh, get to experience they get to meet and they don't let those experiences influence their inner tranquility their inner peace Another word, because they are aware, okay, or 
the popular word is they are mindful of their experiences. So, peaceful mind, cool, you know, calm, contained, right? Um, not peaceful mind, agitated, angry, hot. Okay, so I hope you are experience more of the cool side than not the cool one. All right. So if you don't experience the the peace in within you, then there's more practice uh, to do. All right. And I know it's not an easy task. It's easy to say. It's not easy to do because we have to practice. If we don't practice, we'll never be able to to catch it. We'll never be able to get it. Because, see, the thing is, when we are sick, you know, physically, when we have whatever symptom, we have flu, we have whatever sickness, cold, right? When we catch is a sickness we don't feel good it, you know it's not comfortable we know that because the body gave us the signal right send us a message that uh, it doesn't feel good it's easy it's easy to detect that but the problem for us is when our mind is sick right we don't catch that okay because the mind has no form. It's an energy flow, right? It has no form, nothing that you can catch or you can point to. It's, it's a changing energy that is flowing all the time. So when the mind is sick, we're not aware of it. And for most of the people, as you all know, people identify themselves with that very sick mind, right? So when you identify yourself with the very sick mind, it's, it's already, the mind's already take control over your peace, your, your, your peace, uh, your inner peace. Okay? You're already angry, you're already mad and, you know, upset and sad, worried and depressed and all that already. So, you know, you already have gone past so you have to pull yourself back to become aware of those feelings or those emotions that you have within. Okay? That you have within. Not without. Not out there. See? Our mind, as we have been accustomed to, is been a habit all of our life since we are born. Right? When we have problem. The problem is always with someone causing it to us. Okay? It's he do this, he said this, she, she did this, you know, she said that, and all that. So most of the time, it comes, and our mind look at other people and identify other people or situation out there as a problem. That is, that, that has been a habit all of our lives okay we did not see that the problem arise is within 
side of us, not arise in that other person. Okay, that other person sometimes they can say a few words and they walk away. Okay, they gone. You know, they went, they left, they go somewhere. But you sit there and you know angry, fuming, right, or sad or depressed. Okay, so that is where we not aware of ourselves that we are that the mind is doing it inside. That is called the sick mind. The is our mind that has a mental issue. It's not the person who said the word. It's our mind, right? Because it's within us. You know, not the person who's, you know, said those words or you know do whatever. It's within us, but we never thought of that. We always, uh, we we just naturally born to look at you know things outside, look at people outside, and see that all those are uh, outside material and objects and person and people are the root of our suffering, but. Most of the time, eighty or ninety percent of the time, the suffering that we have arise within us, and we we cannot see that. Okay, for the enlightened one, they come to recognize that. Okay, the suffering arise within me. The suffering is does not arise within the other person. It arise within me. So. If it arise within me, then let me deal with this. In in me, not in another the other person. Okay, so that's how we learn to look within. We look back. Okay, not look out there to try to solve our own problem. We look inside in order to solve our own problem, our own uh, mental sickness, our own mind issue. Okay, people can say things, can do things, whatever, as long as they don't harm us physically. They do whatever they feel like, you know, feel do. That's their choice. Okay, that's their decision. Okay, as long as they don't harm themselves and they don't harm you. And that, you know, you can, you have to see it as it is. Okay. So, but when it comes to the mind, they have their own mind, and you have your own mind, right? And your own mind should be under your own control, not being controlled by your own mind. Okay, so it's 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 uh, opposite. So, as so, this is a reminder. This is a refresher. In a way, um, like in in one of the sutra, or yeah, in one of the sutra. Um, uh, well, first of all, we when we experience our life, right? We see things, right? Okay, we hear sound, we hear voice, right? And we smell, we taste. And we, we, we have the, the feel, the sensation of feeling through our body, our skin. 
So that's those are uh, experiences, right? Yes, you all know. So here's what the Buddha pointed out. The Buddha said, "You have two eyes, okay? When you open your eyes, okay. First of all, now your mind is still at peace. Your mind is tranquil, okay? No, um, no um, issue, anything arise yet." So your mind is at ease. Okay, now you open your eyes as you walk or you do a, you see things. Okay? And then you don't just see things. You start thinking about what you see. Okay? And that thinking creates desire. Okay? So that thinking creates desire, and desire, of course, there are two kinds, right? As you all know, one is like and one is dislike. Okay. So you see, so let's say you already have some kind of bad experience with your, uh, you had argument with your kids. Um, you have some kind of fight with your spouse, with your sibling or whatnot, or a co-worker or something. The next time you see the person, your mind is infected right away. Okay? Your mind is infected right away. As soon as you see that person, there's anger and hatred arise within you. Okay? You don't just see the person. Okay, that's how fast your mind works, and that's been, that's been what we, that's what we've been doing all of our lives. Okay, the same thing as if you see somebody that we love. Okay, as soon as we see the face of that person or of our animals, our pets, we smile right away. Right, it's infected. Yes. Even though, yes, it's a good thing, but it's also infected, right? But one is infected by positive energy, and the other one is infected by negative energy. But the mind is infected, all right? So, when we infected with positive energy, that is okay, that is fine, you know? We're not gonna... Uh, um, bother you much with that, you know, unless until you understand that even positive infection can lead to a negative result in the future. But that is something that you have to dig deeper, study, and of course I have already covered that in other episodes that you know happiness. Uh, one of the episodes that say happiness is also the seed of suffering. But that is a little deep for a lot of people. So I just want to, like in this um, episode, I just want to refresh you to, 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 to bring to your attention the negative um, energy that infected our mind. So the Buddha said, if you open your eyes, okay, instead of just seeing, you let your mind get infected, okay, by seeing. 
if you if you have two beautiful minds and you don't even know how to use it you let the information that the, the eyes bring to into you to infect your inner peace all right if you let the seeing infect your inner peace okay you may as well not see another word you may as well keep your eyes closed all the time okay that's what the Buddha said the Buddha said you have two eyes why is it that you cannot control the vision why is it that you cannot control the reaction within you your eyes is, is there for you to use okay yes to uh, you know to conduct your life okay in a in a meaningful way but why is it that you open your eyes you look around you 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 let the vision you let the seeing create all kinds of emotion stir up the inner peace you you create lust within you when you see beautiful or handsome boys or girls it uh, it uh, it cause um, unwholesome thought okay or you see somebody you don't like it create anger the Buddha said if you can't even see if you can't even use your eyes properly and let the seeing infect your inner peace may you may as well you know keep your eyes shut forever don't open them okay because when you open your eyes you let all of this information inflow infect your inner peace okay this is very important point you you don't just see you let the seeing infect your inner peace that's your problem next time don't open your eyes that's what the Buddha said don't open your eyes if if you don't even if you can't even control what you see and it let and you let the inner you you know become chaotic become a victim of the outside storm the lust the desire that it creates okay the lust the desire that is one and, and all of those different unwholesome mind faculties arise right the jealousy the sadness the worry and all that it creates hey, well, because you can't you can't control right so the same thing with your ears right if you just hear sound that is fine it's the ears are there for you to hear but no you don't just hear you let the hearing infect your inner peace all right oh you call me what all right you call me stupid you call me dumb you call me this you call me that you, you see the hearing is in in fact the, the your inner peace and your inner peace become 
agitated, become you know hot and angry and all that. Okay, those feelings arise within you, correct? They say you are a dog, okay, and then they walk away. There you are sitting there, become a dog. Okay. May you may as well say woof woof. And stop talking like a human. If you become a dog. Okay, our mind get infected very very easily, and we're not aware of that. Okay, so the Buddha said, if you can't even understand that, don't use your ear. Plug it, you know. Take out the ear, whatever. But you know, stop the hearing, because you know. When we hear, we don't just hear. We let the hearing infect our inner peace. Okay, I know that sounds a little bit harsh, right? That that's from the Buddha, but the Buddha said you may as well not hearing, because you know when you hear things, then you start having issue. Well, may as not may as well don't hear nothing. Okay. So. So. Seeing, hearing, and of course, three other senses, the same thing, all right? You smell this, oh, it smells bad, it smells whatever, or, oh, that smells good. You know, everything infected your inner peace. The taste of the food, oh, why this food tastes so salty? What did you do? Okay, or, you know, you're blaming your spouse, they don't know how to cook, or your, or your children, or whatnot, you know, things like that. You know the the taste the taste bud is there to serve you, but not to not to infect your mind. Okay. And the feeling hot and cold, all these things. So that's what we need to observe. We need to understand the experiences that we have through the five sense doors. Okay. The information that the five sense doors bring inside. Yes, they can bring it inside, but that's it. You just become aware of it. You become aware of your surrounding. You experience your surrounding, okay? But you don't let the seeing, the hearing, the smelling, the, the tasting and the touching infect your inner peace. Okay? So that's a lot of practice. Okay? That's why it's not easy. It's not easy. But at least you understand that your mind is within, right? But it has no form. You hear somebody call you name, put a label on you, and if you if you sit there and listen again, okay, that sound change, and so is your mind. Your mind changed too. It's not permanent. It doesn't stick. No. Why does it stick with you? Why did that you become angry or mad? Because there's an I in there that is got infected. Yes. Who me? You you call you call me this? I'm I'm not that or I can't. Okay. There's all that reaction of the mind, right? And we know that reaction is called the ego mind, right? The I that want to defend its status, okay? The I that want to defend 
its status. Okay? But we all know, if we go look for that I, it's nowhere to be found. That I is just a concept that is conceived by the mind which is always changing, right? The mind that is always changing is conceiving itself as an I. And that I is clinging to its own identity and to protect itself. And that is natural, believe it or not, alright? That is what nature gave us. And that's the reason why we're in samsara. Okay? Nature is samsara. Yep. You, 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 you heard that. Nature is samsara. Because as long as we are caught in this ups and downs of our emotion, we always react to things that we see, that we hear, we smell, we taste, and we touch, we react, and then we create speech, we create action, we create karma, and all of this is intertwined as it, it, it becomes entangled with all those um, it orders karma, and it becomes one big mess or web that you all you, you cannot get away from. It's all um, you know bundled up together. It's what like one big spaghetti ball, one noodle ball. You know, it's all it's all in there together. It's tangled. It's a, a big ball, right? You can't never. Get away from. So, peaceful mind or no peaceful mind, right? That is, of course, up to us. And that is up to us to practice, to learn, to observe, to be mindful when we see, yes, we see. And when we see, we observe what is it that, what kind of feeling that arises. Okay? So that's a practice. When we see an object, what kind of feeling that arises. When we see a person, what kind of feeling that arises. That's a practice that you have to keep looking, keep observing, shining the spotlight on that feeling all that emotion that is always rising up in your mind rise up it has some kind of reaction and then you know ah okay there's reaction to what i see there's reaction to what i hear right okay so that's what the mind is and then it changed from one scene to the next from one person to the next, from one situation to the next, right? It's changing, and your mind is changing, is changing all the time. Okay, so that's what impermanence is. Right. So, as we all know, when things 
when we understand about impermanence, then you would come to realize the impermanence of that I, the I that try to hold on to itself. Okay. Uh, just dissolve. Okay, just dissolve. Like a uh, wax under the hot sun, it's just you know or salt into the water. It's just the eye is just not there anymore because there is no eye anywhere. It's just a changing energy that is trying to identify itself as a somebody, as a something. All right, so for the enlightened ones, once they come to realize these phenomena of the experiences that the five senses bring in to the sixth sense, and the sixth sense generate all these decision, this emotion, this feeling, then they recognize the truth, the ultimate truth of being, and they stop, okay? They stop reacting, right? They stop reacting to desire. Seeing is still there. Hearing is still there. Smelling, tasting, the sensation still there. But not reaction. Okay? They do response according to what is needed. When not needed, they don't respond. That's how the, their mind remain at peace. That's when wisdom arises. And they can see the benefit of it. And that is something that is seen through what we call the wisdom eyes. Right? The wisdom eye is after the realization of the ultimate truth of these experiences that the five senses bring, a realization arises and they can see the emotion, the reaction through the wisdom eyes. Okay, so when the wisdom eye arises, of course it's at different levels, okay, but when the wisdom eyes arise, it can see the wholesome and unwholesome activities of the mind, and of it is their very own mind, okay, 
because after all, all of the enlightened ones, they were human beings also. So they also had mind, just like us. But they become aware of their own mind. They can see the mind activities, the wholesome and the unwholesomeness. When wholesome arise, they know there's wholesome arise in within. When there's unwholesome activity arise, they see. Okay, the unwholesome activities, and when you shy, and then there's a sense of shame. Okay, there's a sense of shame that arise within, within. When there's unwholesomeness arise within. Okay, and that sense of shame is an unwholesome. Mind faculty. Okay, you are ashamed of unwholesome deed. So when when the when that mind is ashamed of unwholesome deed, that mind is wholesome. Okay, so what is unwholesome deed? You know, they arise. From the unwholesome mind faculties, right? How many of them? Right. So when unwholesome emotion arise or unwholesome thought arise within, the enlightened one can recognize it right away, and they shy away from it. Okay, and that that's what lead them. To the eightfold noble path, now they practice the right way. They don't do killing. They don't do. Uh, they don't lie. They don't steal. Right, because all those lead to uh, come from unwholesome activity. Right, they don't um, commit adultery. They don't do addictive things. Okay, they just practice good deeds. Okay. There's no more anger because you know anger is not good. It's unwholesome. It arises from a from some sort of desire, right? And it also has to do with the ignorance. I anger arises from those two together because when there is an I, there's always anger. Okay. When the eye is completely eradicated, there is no more anger. So, for enlightened ones at the at the third level, there's no more eye. Okay, they have no more anger. But f- for the enlightened disciple who are in the first stage or second stage, they still have a trace. Of I within them, so they still uh, hold on to some sort of anger a little bit here and there within, but not much. Right at the first step, at the first, and then the second stage of enlightenment. But when they get to the third stage, anger is totally eradicated. 
Okay, so yes, maintaining your peace, maintaining that's how you maintain your cool, that's how you maintain your peace by observing what you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, and what the sense of the body, sensation of the body is. That's what it comes down to. Right? Understand that, and then you stay cool. You stay at peace. One other thing that um, oftentimes that my wife and I that we um, remind uh, children um, to to do is one is like this. One of the things is that you know be be a good person, be a cool person, not a hot person. What that means is that when 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 you go to you know see your friends and you know or even with your co-workers and you know um don't don't be too opinionated you can express your opinion that's fine but think about this think about this hard okay when you call someone a good person it's because that person when you go to see that person that person always um, give off positive energy, right? So what does that mean? The person is always calm, okay? He's calm, he's cool, he smiles a lot, or she smiles a lot, okay? And he or she um, don't talk much back to you. He or she would always be a good listener, okay? And if you ask him or her for advice, they would you know, give you a little bit of advice here and there and always push you to do the right thing. But they don't criticize you. They don't blame you. They don't call you this and call you that. Okay, that's a good person that you would always want to go to. You know, when you when the person is like that, you say that person is cool. He or she is always nice. You know, I can I can always approach her or him. You know, always have a good um, attitude, positive smile all the time. You know, content and uh, easy going, right? Um, you know, and don't really, you know, talk much, but, you know, he or she would talk, you know, when she need to, you know, um, guide, give us a little guidance here and there, but not much. So, when that person is the kind of person that you like, why don't you, so, you know, I'm telling to my children, why don't you become that person? Instead, when you go, when you among your friend, don't, you know, Talk too much. Because talk too much is not good. So that's one thing. And always become a good listener. Listen, smile, and understand that people come from different backgrounds, different experience. So when people express their opinion, their ideas, and whatever, listen. Okay? 
Don't argue. Just listen. Right? And accept them of who they are. Just listen. Okay? And don't try not to uh, inject your opinions too much into what they say. Unless they ask. Okay? Unless you see some kind of danger in what they do, yes, you can in- inject your opinion or or your uh, guidance a little bit. But always be there, you know, um, accept the person as he or she is. And don't call people names, even though in a jokingly way. Because I know a lot of kids, when they, when they meet each, each other, they joke around a lot. And one thing leads to another. They call each other all kinds of, uh, you know, negative words, right? That is not a good practice. So, and they understand that. And now they stop using negative remarks toward their, their friends, okay? They become good listeners. So, yes, become somebody who people can approach. That is another way of looking at yourself. Okay? Um, many of us, we go around, we look at other people, and but we don't know what is it that we, what kind of energy is it that we give up. We're not aware of that. We're not aware that the way we talk, give up, give off vibes to other people and people other people can sense what kind of person we are. You know? It's not that we are doing this to please other people, okay? It's not that. But we are doing this because we know it's the right thing to do is to keep calm, to have a wholesome heart, to have compassion in within our heart. Right, so if you have compassion, if you have uh, meta and karuna, right, within you, you have loving kindness, right. There's no way you can uh, yell and scream. The two don't live together. Right, you cannot love a person and yell at a person at that very same time. Okay, so. If you become a cool, good person, the person who who uh, people say, huh, you know, he's good. Or, oh, she's a good person. She's cool. Or he's cool. And then, that's what you do. Okay? And yes, it takes patience. Right? It's just like uh, one other thing that I saw. Um, if you want to become a shade, a, a tree shade that offer to the, tra- the travelers in the hot sun, okay? If the travelers in the hot sun find a good cool shade, which is you are, and they come unto you, unto your shade to, to take refuge, you have to take some heat from the sun, right? You have to take the heat from the sun to protect the travelers. But you are doing this 
more than you are more than happy to do it because you know that it's fine. You're not feeling the heat. If you understand correctly, the heat becomes just part of you. You know, you take the heat from the sun, and you, and then in turn, the heat, you know, give off different all kinds of nutrient and vitamin to you, and you produce leaves, you produce branch, which in turn produce shade to the fellow travelers. Okay, so you become cool, right? So. Keep cool. And before I wrap this up, I just want to tell a little story of one from one of the sutra regarding a rich kid. There was a rich kid back then during Buddha's time, but you know he he has you know his family has a lot of money and stuff, but he became a monk. Right, he didn't want to eat it. So his friends and other people and ask him why you want, why is it that you become a monk? You have all kinds of money to live on and all kinds of stuff that you, you know, why? So the rich kid, who became a monk, told them that uh, I've learned four points in life. So they said, what are those four points? They said one. The, the monk said. Impermanence, right? Which is very true. And when I learned that, you know, impermanent leads to that we have aging, we have birth, we have aging, we have death. Okay, that is a guarantee. So nothing is permanent. Okay, and I found that to be true. You don't have to tell me otherwise because that it is true. I know it. So that's number one. And so what is number two? They ask him. He said, "Number two is nothing can be depended upon. No one. So what does that mean? Nothing can be depended upon. Again, everything is impermanent. How can you depend on something that is impermanent? Okay." When things is impermanent, yeah, maybe you you can try to help to hang on to it for a while, a little bit, but that thing is impermanent; it will break. Okay, and then you keep hanging on to other impermanent things. Okay, so there's nothing really that is concrete that you can hang, that you can hold on to, hang on to. That is also impermanent, right? Nobody can be sick for you. Another word, like for example. Okay, that's another thing that you cannot depend on other people. When you, when it's time for you, for your body to break down, that's it. You cannot depend on anyone, not your child, not your spouse, not your parents. Nobody. You cannot depend on anyone. When death comes, it comes. You cannot hang on, so that's number two. At number three, he said, "At the end, at the end, every single person on this planet, you and I included, 
okay we will have to let go of everything okay we have to let go of our money our house our car all the wealth that we have our husband and wives um children parents they cannot come with us we let them all go because we have you know not we 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 cannot drag them with us okay at the end we go alone you and i we go alone that's number three and what is number four number four the monk said as for human human is always in need humans always have desire okay humans are servant of their own desire okay so it's because of that they live they always in need they never have enough okay they never have enough doesn't matter what they have they will always look for something else they will always look for some other some more fame more power more fortune okay more and more and more human nature is like that human never have enough okay that is the nature of human being they are the servant of their own desire and they got caught in it so that's one of the sutra of a rich kid that became a monk okay so that's what i have for you today and as einstein said life is just like you're riding a bicycle okay human is a servant of desire once you're born you're on a bicycle and you cannot get off okay well you cannot stop when if you stop pedaling you fall which means death okay it's the end so from birth until the end you have to keep pedaling 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 from from young age all the way until the end you cannot get you cannot stop the bike you have to keep pedaling that is life okay so while you are pedaling enjoy the view not fussing and fighting because you will get to an end point sometime all right we all will so before we get there maintain a cool okay be at peace which is already in you you don't have to find it from somewhere else from some from anywhere it's already in there just keep it cool just keep it from not being infected that's all you have to do just keep it nice and clean and cool right and just become a shade how is that become a shade 
right? Instead of lighting fire, all right? Instead of lighting fire, become a shade. That would be a good thing to do for yourself and for everyone around you. If you offer shade to people around you, they will appreciate you. Okay, that's a guarantee. All right, until next time. So yeah, don't forget, you know, if you have time, you can check out my uh, YouTube channel, Soti Tim. All right, namaste.